Hey, folks, Tom Block. Keith Jones. You know us from Front Row Knowles, at least hopefully you do. We're here to talk about the Dunlap Champions Club once again. Spring football game is coming up, KJ, and these two items are related. If you've never been in the Champions Club, or if you have and you want to go back, here's your opportunity to watch the spring game in comfort and style. Great chance to test drive. They've already got about, I think, 4,000 tickets sold for this, and only roughly 20 or 25% are regular Champions Club season so ticket holders. People. So it's a lot of new folks that are sampling it. Uh, the price will include uh, all your food and non-alcoholic beverages. I guess I should share the price. 55 bucks general public, 45 bucks for UC Club members and Seminole Booster members, $40 if you're already a Champions Club seat holder. And it also includes? The concert. The concert. That's right. I was wondering. I was looking at what does it also include? I thought maybe you were hanging out there during the game. It also includes the concert. Uh, general admission seating this time around, so don't think that you got shut out of the best seat. Call 644. Go grab it. You can go grab your own seat. Yeah, first come, first serve. Call 644-1830 or get your tickets at Seminoles.com. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ reunited and ready and to come your way. it feels so good. Uh, that's Sorry. why I shouldn't have started that way. KJ and Tom are uh, in the studio together. Keith, Mr. Frequent Flyer, Mr. Traversing the United States. It was one heck of a march for you. I was gone 15 days in the month of March already. Uh, hopefully, Kathy doesn't have me going anywhere else until Easter. She was excited. Based on her Facebook updates, I mean, she was she was hoping you were going to San Antonio for well, first we of all. Were. First of all, you're you're telling on yourself because she doesn't have a Facebook page. Well, but uh, yeah, she enjoys. Nor some. would she be friends with me, probably. If she did. <laughs> no, yeah. she is. She is. But uh, uh, she was she was able to get some things done and have some quiet time. But trust me, my honey do list uh, exists and is getting taken care of uh, when I since I've returned. Keith, as I gave you credit last week, you're the one person I know that actually spoke about the second round of the tournament maybe a month prior, because you saw something in this team. You obviously knew there was a switch. They were just going to flip, and all of a sudden, the intensity, effort, and junkyard D would return. Well, we'd have to go back and double-check. I don't want to take too much credit for for having uh, any foresight, but make sure that my comments were after the Louisville game, because if I was making them before the Louisville game, they were a guess. But after that Louisville game, first-round game in the ACC tournament, and being around the kids after that game and the next day, and because of weather, the next day, uh, I saw a change, or I felt a change, and uh, they were annoyed, angry, upset, disappointed, fill in the blank, uh, about their performance in uh, Brooklyn, and they were about redeeming themselves, and gosh knows they did a very good job of doing that. We don't need to get too far into the X's and O's here because people have had time to digest it, and a lot of people have offered their analysis on it. Obviously, to me, the one disappointing thing was the way it ended and Leonard's interview with Dana Jacobson wasn't his best moment quite clearly uh and he thought as much because he issued an apology or a statement the next day but the unfortunate thing to me is it overshadows what really is a great run and yes you should have fouled in that situation yes i think they were instructing players to foul man didn't foul what have you i also think that the game was pretty much over at that point Two things. Number one, uh, the fact that Leonard reacted that way has caught some people off guard because Leonard is so stoic and so reserved and right. so whatever. People don't understand that, that that's the way he is on, on the court, and that's the way he is for game day. That loss upset him, not not because he thought his team should win or whatever, but they got so close. I mean, he he, he is a real person with real emotions. He just hides them. And in that particular case, uh, his emotions and his uh, feeling for the kids, uh, his empathy for the pain and the anguish that they were experiencing in the locker room uh, got the better of him. And therefore, he issued the apology. You normally don't see that because he is so reserved and and so um, keep keeping things bottled up within himself. Number two, and this has been talked about, and I think Ira did, uh, our colleague Ira Chevelle did as good a job as anybody. It wasn't that they were instructed not to foul. They had talked about fouling and who to foul. Well, the ball came into the guy they didn't want to foul because he just made two free throws right. and it was about an 80 or what percent free throw marksman. 90%. And so what, what man was trying to do was crowd him and get him to give up the ball 
So he would get it to one of the other two that they were then going to foul, and it just didn't happen. Now, should man still have fouled him? Sure. But but my understanding, I, I haven't reconfirmed it. I've only, I've only looked right. at it one time, is that the instruction was to foul the other two guys. Don't foul that guy. If that guy gets the ball, pressure him and ask him and try to give, him, give the ball up. Whatever. I'm with you. The, the, the probability of winning a ball game when you're down by four and you're having the foul against a – reasonably good and and in the double bonus we're not in the front front end of one right, and ones right. it was in the double bonus they were going to get two attempts with 10 seconds left you know you can go to the book the computer whatever in, and figure in a game out the probability. in which florida state was having trouble getting a shot to go down period anyway. exactly exactly i mean I savoy, thought, I thought, had, savoy had two was it two looks i know he had one but i think he right. had two looks at the three the, the biggest takeaway to oh, me blah, blah. is because of the way the game went Florida State had exhausted its timeouts, and the last I didn't go back and look. The last timeout was what at the two minute mark. It was very. They early. were down. They were down ten. It was their last timeout, and then they went on an eight one run out of that timeout. That is for correct. those who say that Leonard doesn't make adjustments or can't figure anything out, they did go on that run then. But in the last minute or so, when there were a couple frenetic shots, and you had that, they needed a timeout that they couldn't take just so the coaches could spend twenty seconds and talk to each other and say, okay, here's whenever timeouts go, or the kids could calm down, right? Because now you've got five different people right. computing five different. But things. the coaches always huddle first. Any team for a few seconds, they're all on the same page, then they communicate. They didn't have a chance to do that. It is what it is. My observation watching the game, I think the better team won, or the team that played better. Both teams that played game great, Both teams played great defense, and I'm not. I'm not going to let it. Team shot the ball well. And Michigan prevailed. I'm not going to let it uh, put a damper on what was a tremendous run. It has people excited about next year. I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about next year. We should mention C.J. Walker will not be here next year. Surprised me a little bit. Not necessarily when you think about it. Clearly, Trent Forrest is getting more of the minutes and is the guy there. And C.J. wants to go somewhere. You know, if you're C.J., you're getting to the point where you're out there, you want to play free, but every time you make a mistake, you look over to the scorer's table and Trent Forrest is coming in. Well, that's not a good way to play basketball if you feel like you're going to get yanked from the lineup when that happens. Well, two things. Number one, I personally believe, I've not talked to CJ, but I personally believe that he made his mind up to leave a month or so ago. But even then, and the writing was, was on the that, wall, though. That, that was reflected in his play. Yeah. I mean, he, he did his best, but he didn't give his best. Uh, his play was not very good over the last month of the season, and that's understandable now in light of this. Number two, you've got to remember a couple of things. Um, C.J. was runner-up for Mr. Basketball in Indiana. By the way, the guy kid from Virginia was Mr. Basketball right. that year. So he has high expectations placed on him and of himself. And uh, if he was not going to be given the opportunity to a start and play starters minutes – uh, then I can understand why he would go through the process and make the decision to transfer. I wish him well. He was fun to watch, was part of an Elite Eight run, was part of the bench bunch last I sat year. up with his mother and grandmother and watched him blow out the candles on his 21st birthday cake in Los Angeles the night before the ball game. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not everybody. Nice it's a, a very short list of people who can say that they celebrated their 21st birthday with one Keith Jones. Well, I think the better thing is I got to celebrate C.J. Walker's 20th. Yeah, I'm sure there was another party for C.J. somewhere <laughs> without Keith Jones. Um, there's there's other things to talk about. I, I, do, I don't know definitively, but I've already heard uh, sort of through the pipeline that there's a short list of four to five fifth-year graduate transfer-type point guards that Leonard and company are already looking at that they would bring in to, to because you need somebody else besides Trent Forrest there. And if you get somebody that's just a one-year guy, it doesn't really affect your recruiting down the line because then you've got a four years again. Well, the problem that. we have, and, and folks who are much more intelligent than I and have spent time looking at this have already started talking about it. If Kofor comes back, by their count, I haven't made the count. I'm just relying on them. We only have one scholarship remaining, and we have one commitment. So I don't know where you're going to fit a graduate transfer. Uh, and Leonard has been magical at about adjusting his scholarships, and he is so tight-lipped he doesn't discuss them. And work, he's kind of like the salary cap in the NFL. I mean, he's a guru at working. I'm just the, telling you, the they'll work it out because I've already heard they're looking at a fifth-year guy because they need somebody else to handle the my, ball. That's my point. You can say whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, Leonard will find a way to make it right, work. Right. That's my point. Okay. We need to thank the fine folks at For the Table Restaurant Group, Madison Social and Company. I feel like they should owe me some sort of royalties because they're doing these countdowns. 
how long it is to football season, the first game of the Taggart era. I wonder who came up with that idea. How long until Mike Martin sets the – I really feel like back in the early years of Twitter, when I would pull out the chisel, I would do a countdown right onto the stone tablet from this far out. And then I got tired of doing it after a couple of years because my hand got tired from hitting the chisel and and, and, well, and your thumb because you missed the chisel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that too. But now Madison Social has picked up that ball. And uh, even if you don't frequent the establishments, you should follow them on social media because they're very entertaining. entertaining. Very entertaining. Or you could just be like Keith and frequent the establishments. But uh, go ahead and, uh, and pay them a visit. Tell them that we sent you uh, that direction. We will have our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt, join us later on. We will uh, talk with the Florida State Athletics marketing folks next segment about the spring football game. And rather than talk about this, I do just want to talk about spring football for a moment, Keith, because I went to one of the open practices last week. You were out in L.A., probably sleeping in, ordering room service, hanging out at the gift shop, whatever you were doing. Uh, Particularly the gift shop. Meanwhile, practice is open. You're aware of what's going on at practice now. I've talked to people who have been there, yes? Yes. So pretty much it's like you're at the club. I mean, there's just practices going on and there's music going on the whole time. Well, two things. Number one, uh, I've also had this confirmed to me. Number one, I don't think you see any of the big uglies doing a whole lot of dancing. Uh, offensive nor do you want to no the offensive and defensive linemen because practice is real real work for them so i'm guessing and it's kind of been confirmed to me that it's normally it's the backs receivers and or quarterbacks that are enjoying uh, a well, little that's bit of during sh- of the shag or whatever that's during the water breaks they're coming over and feeling now i was only out there on friday friday was sort of a hip-hop soundtrack my understanding was uh last wednesday had some country mixed in there's been some metallica the day i was out there though it was they had some uh, Michael Jackson in there. They had some Notorious. They had some Humpty Hump. I mean, it was – I think I know, there was some Run DMC in the playlist. All it I was, know is I will believe that it's really caught in when I look up and see one Odell Higgins trying to get his groove on during a practice given his performance in the Seminole Rap 20, 30 years ago. That's one of the all-time worst performances in the history of rap. <laughs> I'd venture to say that you, me, and Odell could get together and and we Ooh. wouldn't finish last Ooh. based on that. Well, well, maybe not. Maybe not Odell now. <laughs> but if we lined up that excerpt from 1988, and gave, Ooh, I, I, so do, I the, do not want to take that bet on. Here, here's the thing. This is a drastic departure from where Jimbo was, but it would have been a drastic departure from where Bobby was, too. I feel like we've gotten into this Willie versus Jimbo thing. It's just a different philosophy on it. The players are clearly having fun. The proof will clearly be in the pudding. I mean, and that will be the standard, you know, the ones wins and losses. I will tell you that, uh, and whether it was done for show or whether it continues, uh, opening practices the way they did with the drills that they conducted is quite intriguing to me, uh, i.e., for those that haven't heard, Oklahoma drill, board drills early in practice. Normally those were in the middle of practice, and then you'd finish up with goal line at the end of practice. You didn't start right full bore. Uh, that's a little bit of a change. That sets a tone. And I will also say, based on, again, the feedback I've gotten, I've not personally been there. You could confirm or, or whatever, but the kids are working. I mean, they're, they're not screwing around when they're actually on the yeah. field. It's when they're on the sidelines. And to the degree you can feel good about being out there, because let me tell you something, folks. You, if you've not played this game, you don't understand. It looks great on Saturdays, and yes, these guys get a lot of notoriety. But there is a, pardon, there is a hell of a lot of work that goes in Saturdays. And this is the time when there's no reward, there's no game, there's no TV. You're putting in your time. It is work. And to the whatever degree you can make work fun, you're going to benefit from it. I think if you compare it to, you know, an individual, whether it's old school or new school, if you're out for a jog and you've got your headphones on, or if you're in the gym working out, it just passes the time easier and you don't realize quite how hard you just work. So, I mean, that that's the analogy there. But again, if you go six and six... People Doesn't aren't going to be on board and listen to the music. But I, I can confirm that the players are having fun. They Good deal. Enjoy. Good deal. All right. So speaking of having fun and uh, throwing things back to the 90s, the Spirit Spears coming back. Vanilla Ice is coming to town. Keith doesn't even know who that is, but we'll explain when we talk to Jason Dennard from the Florida State uh, Athletics Marketing a, Department. put that in a Coke to make it a vanilla Coke? Exactly. Right after this on Front Row Knowles.
Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. We are going back to the 90s. Spring football game coming up in a couple of weeks. One of the men behind the madness and this return to the dynasty days as we fire up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together, is Jason Dennard from Athletics Marketing at uh, Florida State. J.D., how are you? Good. Nice. I really enjoyed the lead-in on that music. There. That's your new walk-up song, J.D. That's your new walk-up song. I'll take it. Well, here's here's my question because – Maybe you already knew from your initial meetings with Coach Taggart, but did you already have this concert lined up before we found out that Coach Taggart wanted to throw things all the way back old school? No, not at all. Yeah, you know, one of the first couple of times we sat down together, he, you know, he mentioned that he he really wanted to get back to, um, you know, the the war daddies and the badasses, and you know, get that whole era. And he's really kind of embraced that whole era, and that's where he got his. Um, first taste of Florida State and quite honestly I did too um and as he was talking about that I mean just it seems like a lot of stuff he was focused and talking about were things that happened during those periods of time and it was just kind of like the light bulb came off and and uh it one thing led to the other and all these little things have all kind of started piling up and it's really making for a really nice uh, weekend all right, so for those who don't know, and if they're listening to this program, they probably do, but uh, give us the uh, the who, what, where, when, why, how much of the, the concert itself, and then we'll work our way backwards to the football game. Yeah, um, so the concert's going to take place right after the game. So if, if you were there for the one we did against um, Delaware State, same setup, and as soon as the final whistle blows, we got a pit crew that's going to be coming out, and they will pull this stage and put it out there. It'll be ready to go 20 minutes after the final whistle. And, you know, we got three acts, Rob Bass, um, Salt and Pepper, and Vanilla Ice. They're all going to come out. They're all going to play the hits. They're not going to mess around and play stuff. Uh, the song off my new album, it's not going to be any of that. It's going to be all the hits that you want to hear. So it's going to be fun, and it's going to be – uh, it's definitely going to be taking a walk back into the past, and, but bringing it into the present. Is there going to be a mosh pit or a dance area somewhere around that <laughs> people can get into, J.D.? Absolutely. That's where you'll find me. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we are you know selling a limited number of passes to come down onto bodies down the field and join the show down there. And I think, you know, as as we're talking right now, I think we're you know less than fifty tickets away from being sold out down there. So a lot of people in my uh, age demographic excited about coming out and live, reliving the past. Well, Keith's excited too. He's not internationally known, but he's known to rock the microphone, so he's pretty fired up for this, JD. <laughs> well, at some point in time, you'll get back to the eighties and the seventies, and then we'll sell seats uh, in the mosh pit where everybody can sit down. There'll be re- there'll be recliners, <laughs> there'll be recliners, recliners chairs, and yeah. stuff for us old guys. We'll have to do that concert at four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> well played. So, JD, the stage will be facing the home sideline. I imagine, uh, obviously, people can move after the game and and sit there or. Uh, will this be on the big board too so you could stay in your seat where you are or, or stay in the dunlap champions club if that's where you watch the game yeah it's all going to be up on the video board and we're definitely going to be pushing the uh, record button because there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to want to uh look at down the road and probably make fun of uh some people and how much they're enjoying the show okay well outside of this i love the 90s concert People love the Spirit Spear, and you're bringing this back in some form or fashion. Please do elaborate. Yeah, you know, many people over the years, either you love it or you hate it. Uh, We're going with the folks that love it and trying to bring something back that, you know, a lot of people are nostalgic about. And, you know, the question was, hey, is this going to be the the real Spirit Spear, and is it going to be a freestanding unit? And the answer to that would be, no, it is not. Um, there is no known destination of where that thing is at this point. So what we're doing is we, we hire someone out to create software, to create one, to put on the big board, and it's going to be about 50 feet tall. And I can tell you that it will actually measure the decibels in the stadium. So I'm not going to tell you if the one before actually did or not. Um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so read between the lines there. But I will tell you on this one, 
as people get loud, it will get fired up. And it's going to get used not only in the spring game, but we are going to play it forward, and it will be here in the fall as well. Well, the urban legend, uh, several different stories about where the original one was. I'm glad you're you're willing to say that uh, nobody really knows, but uh, the stories um, continue to circulate about where it might be. It may or may not be in KJ's man cave. Uh, It is not. I can confirm it is not. (laughs) It is not. Now, uh, a lot of other things associated with the spree game, J.D., got a big party going on on Friday night before, correct? We do, and... We are doing the Friday night block party down in Collinstown, and, you know, originally we had a group lined up, and, you know, we try to strike lightning with these groups before they become too big for us to be able to afford, and um, it kind of worked against us this time. The original act we had got picked up to play the Academy of Country Music Awards in in, uh, Vegas that same weekend, so we had to regroup, and we got another group that's going to be coming out. His name is Drew Baldridge. He has several songs that are on radio, and then uh, Carolyn Jones is the opener, and she was the opening act for Buffett when he came here for the Hurricane Relief uh, concert back in December. So people will probably remember her. Um, and so that, that's going to be a really nice lead-in into a big weekend. And, and, and back to the game itself, obviously we've got a 2 o'clock baseball game that day. We've got a 6 o'clock kickoff. The retro theme, so the end zones are going old school. Are we going old school on the unis too? I've lost track of it. I know you're bringing a lot of players back, more so than have returned in previous years for the flag football game. So uh, fill in some blanks for for us on the rest of that. Uniforms are still TBA. I mean, there's it's very limited on what you can do because, you know, I mean, it takes more than 12 months to get to get something like that made because it, nothing happens quickly when it comes to getting uniforms made. But you know, combination-wise, you know, that, that's something I think that the football staff's going to keep close to the vest and see where that goes. And when people come on that Saturday, they'll find out. But, um, you know, you mentioned a lot of the other former players. I mean, as we sit here right now, we have over 100 people who have registered to come back for this game and participate in this weekend. I think the former players are feeling the vibe, too. And, and and Coach Tiger and his staff has done a tremendous job reaching out to these guys to fully embrace them. And just been going to a couple of the practices last week, and you could see them out there um, being out there. And obviously, if you haven't seen where Coach Bowden's going to take part in um, Coach Tiger's coaches clinic that's coming up, you know, it's just got a really good feel to it. Everything right now feels so good and feels right. And much of that is a credit to Coach Taggart and his staff care to drop some names on some of the former players who are coming back and if you got a hundred coming back are we having tryouts to figure out who's in the flag football game <laughs> what well i you know we're going to probably have to because i don't know that we're going to be able to get them all on the field at one time but i will tell you one thing that we are going to do a little bit differently this time is you know they're going to play a little bit longer normally they play about six to seven minutes you know we're always worried about is this guy going to pull a hamstring or you know whatever like that i mean some of these guys probably haven't played organized football in over 20 years and some of them might have played five years ago but um we're going to play a full uh 15 minute game so the fans will be in for a treat at halftime to to stick around and watch that as far as names i mean you my gosh i don't want to leave anyone out because there's so many of them from all these different decades but i think i will just qualify it by saying you will recognize a lot of names a lot of faces um, you'll definitely see a lot of people from the 2013 national championship team. And you'll also see people represented from each of the three national championship teams that we've had here. By the way, Keith wants me to let, uh, to, to share with you that he's already pulled and torn both his hamstrings. So, I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no further downside if he gets out there. I did that getting off the elevator on the ninth floor, making my way to the press box in the radio booth 20 years wow. ago. Yeah, I still limp. <laughs> hey, one one thing that we do need to point out, and you have tried to get the word out on this, and people aren't conditioned to do this. People need to buy their tickets in advance for the spring football game, right? Yeah, I mean, I will tell you last year on a much less um, hyped spring game, we sold about five or 6,000 tickets the day of the game. The lines were, were long. We anticipate that being a much larger population on day of this year and we're encouraging everybody that can hear us or tell your friends your neighbors go on the website go to Seminoles.com and get your your tickets now they're ten dollars go ahead and get them print them out bring them with you 
You can walk right up to the gate and walk in. You don't have to wait in line. Much of the ticket um, sales on day of are all going to be cash-only sales. And because we do expect the lines to be long, so for your convenience, get them in advance. You'll get them in your possession. The minute you buy them, they'll get emailed to you. So just uh, save yourself the trouble. Go ahead and do it. And more importantly, it lets us know that you're coming. So helps us better service the fan if we know how many people are going to be here. When do the parking lots open? When do the gates open, J.D.? Lots will open at 10. It's going to be a long day. Um, gates will open two hours prior, and just kind of the order of operation, again, is um, gates will open at 4, games at 6. It is not on television. It will be streamed. Um, you will hear these two gentlemen on the radio with the radio network. We'll be doing that as usual. Uh, concert will go approximately 20 minutes after the game, and then we're going to cap the whole thing off with a fireworks show at the end and wake up anybody that went to bed uh, around uh, the, these parts about that time. Well, there is unbelievable uh, excitement about this new era, and thanks for adding to it. And And let's be honest now. I, I know that you like Vanilla Ice and Rob Bass, but really what sealed the deal for you in booking this concert was Salt and Pepper, right? I mean, let's just put it out there, J.D., I'm going to tell you, I've seen them in recent years, and they will probably be the ones that steal the show. You, you, they, you've always been known as a seasoned a seasoned fella, J.D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a little salt and pepper will go a long way, right? Exactly right. Anything else we should know? You know, I mean, I, I would tell you just make sure, not in addition to the football game, and support the baseball game, too. The game on Saturday sold out. The game on Friday is close to sold out. Get your tickets early for that one as well. All right, Jason, I know you got a lot of work to do between now and then. Congrats, uh, uh, and thank you for all the efforts you do on behalf of Florida State Athletics and Florida State. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, J.D. You wouldn't have even known this was salt and pepper, would you? I, I would have recognized this. A million-dollar bill on the table right now. <laughs> I, you could I, not have I, identified the group. I would have recognized the song. I would not have been able to name the group. That's no. what I saw. My million-dollar bill is saved. The one thing Go we ahead. didn't talk to J.D. about that was amazing to me when they did the concert uh, after the Delaware State game is, is he's talking about getting the stage set, how quickly they set that up. That Watching the stage being set, to me, was unbelievably entertaining how it was laid out how it was designed and how they put it together so quickly uh there, there was entertainment value for me in that well you're a simple mind there we go we'll come back talk to our seminoles.com speaking of simple minds our I'm, seminoles, gonna, I'm gonna make sure you, he knows you said that i was just thinking of other musical groups that maybe you'll hear at practice someday. simple mind is that the name of a group uh, it is and our seminoles.com insider tim linnefelt will join us next Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on the program, our Seminoles.com insider Tim Linnefeld joined us. Tim, here's the most pressing question, really. Have we had a... Have we heard Pearl Jam yet out on the practice fields? I mean, where are we on the music playlist? Oh, I, I really don't. I don't think so. No, we, we, we're kind of in a weird spot where everything's kind of, you know, like classic rock uh, or like some funk from the 70s and 80s or stuff more recent. But so we haven't made our way to the 90s corner of the playlist just yet. Well, we're going to talk football first. And just so you feel like you're a practice, we're going to have the music blaring uh, while we converse. So what's your what's your thoughts on, on what you've seen so far? Stand up and dance while you talk, by the way. <laughs> what was your question, Tom? What's your thoughts on what you've seen so far? And not, not in terms of who's standing out, but in terms of just the new practice structure, the speed, the music, the vibe. Yeah, man, it's it's all uh, it's all part of the total package out there. Uh, it's I mean, I'm sure you you've heard it or read it. There's been dozens of articles written about it and what have you. But it's it's a completely different uh, feel and energy out there, and it's kind of strange because you know, like everything is really familiar. You know, it's the same practice fields, the same facility, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then it's all really different. I mean, you think about some of the, the, the things you saw and the people you saw out there for so many years, and, and they're not there anymore. Even just the time of day, you know, the, the way that the, the lighting is, the shadows, that sort of thing. Things you don't even think about it. It's all different now. Uh, but it just seems to be so positive. Um, you know, guys are, are obviously having a good time. Um, you know, some of the things that I've that I've noticed is, you know, you see 
coaches, offensive and defensive coaches working together, you know, more like during, you know, team drills. Uh, you know, I'll see offensive defensive coaches huddled up during plays, you know, exchanging notes, that sort of thing. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a completely different vibe. Um, you know, we'll see how things work out, but I don't think there's any doubt that, that through one week, uh, you know, both, both players and coaches are, are pretty, pleased with the, pretty pleased with the way things are going out there. Tim, one of the things that was reported out, and you've been there a little bit as well, is uh, heavy contact early in practice. That used to never be the case. You waited to the middle of practice or you did uh, goal line at the end of practice, but uh, they're opening practice with contract, uh, contact drills. Yeah, I did that the uh, the other day with the uh, the Oklahoma drills, and today they did uh, kind of a modified version of that. They call it the Knoll drills, where they have a, a ball carrier, uh, you know, run through uh, three levels of defense with a blocker at each stage. You know, one through a defensive lineman, one through a linebacker, and one through a defensive back. And uh, you kind of it's, it's a long kind of a gauntlet type of a drill. Guys are asked to the same blocks for a long time, and 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 ball carriers have to make guys miss, but. You know, I think that's something that, that Willie Taggart clearly wants to establish. One, to set the tone at the start of practice, but two, to set the tone for, for the team. Uh, and that, you know, if you're going to run the, the, the high pro, the, the high speed offense, the fast score a lot of points, uh, that's not going to come, at least as, as far as Willie Taggart's concerned, it's not going to come at the expense of physicality and toughness. So I think getting out there and, and, and setting that tone at the start of practice, letting guys know, hey, we're going to move quick. Uh, and they plan to score a lot of points, but, you know, you're going to be a tough team too. That's that's a priority. The other thing I thought was interesting is uh, for for folks that are out there, the media that are out there. It's been eight years since they've been able to see board drills. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny for for a lot of the, uh, the 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 I guess the the new school style stuff that they do. Uh, it's kind of some old school uh, drills, like you said, board drills, Oklahoma drills, that sort of thing. It's sort of some of the the, the classic football uh, regimens and workouts that uh, that you hadn't seen in a while. I think we're taxing Tim here. This music is loud in your ears, isn't it, Tim? It's loud. No, I'm actually doing okay. With oh, you. you're doing all right. Okay, I didn't yeah, know if fine. this was improving your game because I just I just wasn't sure. Then we'll continue. Uh, okay, so the last football question for now. Anyway, we had Jason Dennard on last segment, so we know all about the concert, the end zones, the flag football game, the Friday night block party. What we don't know is who is standing out at practice. So who has caught your eye thus far, Tim? Gosh, there really has been a few people. Uh, DJ Matthews, of course, uh, I think he, yeah, that one's not a surprise. He, he got off to a, a great start, um, to his spring. But I think the other receivers, Tamari and Terry and Keith Gavin, uh, those guys have really, really impressed me a lot. Uh, they, they, you know, look like really, uh, kind of a, a nice tandem of receivers on the outside. I mean, if you imagine, you know, big bodies like, like Gavin and Terry on the outside, DJ Matthews and, and Nyquan Murray, uh, inside, you know, getting over the middle and, and making guys miss it, it's, it's not hard to imagine how, uh, uh, an offense could look pretty good with those guys. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, not to say that there aren't other other guys out there, but the two early enrollees uh, over there, uh, Amari Gaynor and Jaden Woodby, uh, you know, they both have looked like they belong uh, to me. Both have been been getting uh, some work with the first team offense. Amari Gaynor is a guy who uh, he's not afraid to hit. I mean, he, he'll he'll lay out some contact. Uh, he, he's had a number of big hits out there, and and Jaden Woodby. Uh, you know, we, we put him out there with some more experienced CBs and w- with helmets and shoulder pads on, man, he fits right in in terms of, you know, his, uh, his speed, fluidity, just kind of having that sort of look that a, a really good safety does. You know what I mean? When you, when you, you saw, when you saw with Jalen Ramsey, you know, a few years ago or a, um, a Derwin James, even their safety just have a look to him and he, he seems to have it. So, uh, there, there's more than that. I, I thought that, uh, the Trey McKitty has, has looked really nice out there as well, uh, with, with the tight ends. He kind of, I think fits the mold, maybe what they want to do, big body, but with speed, and, and really has shown off some really nice hands so far. So off the top of my head, those are some of the guys who I think are going to How much, uh, Tim, how much work is Francois getting? Uh, more than I thought he would. Um, he's out there and he's throwing. He, he doesn't participate in anything with, with uh, the way he put it, anything that requires him to make a decision. So individual drills, throwing drills. Uh, he's out there, and to be quite honest with you, he looks pretty good. I think his arm strength and accuracy uh, looks really good. It's just that that mobility uh, that he still has to work his way back to. So, uh, so yeah, individual drills, and, and during the the team portion, the seven on seven, he's still involved. He uh, what he'll do is he'll he'll line up behind whoever the active quarterback is, and then when the ball snaps, he'll simulate like he's taking the snap and simulate his drop back and simulate going through his progressions and then simulate the throw. So he's there and he's engaged. He's just not. Uh, a, I guess a, a full-on participant in the drill, but he's right there with the rest of the quarterbacks. All right, we'll finish up with football with my two cents here, Tim. 
you need to talk to Coach Taggart and see if he'll take requests from the media for like the first two periods that are open. I mean, Corey Clark could get his favorite in there. Ira, you. I mean, what do you think? You think he'd go for that? Yeah, I'll see if I can mention to it and get that one on his radar. Exactly right. Okay, kill the music. We're on to basketball now. Let's go to the no fun sport, right? There's How about no baseball? You want to do baseball first? Let's do baseball first. Uh, he just wants to get out of the way. All right, Tim. Keith and I have uh, purposely uh, avoided this all day long, but the baseball team lost to the Gators again last night, one zip. So we've left it to you, our Seminoles.com insider, to explain. Uh, the game or, or something else? Well, the game in the micro and the fact that Florida State can't beat Florida in baseball anymore in the macro. Well, the game in the micro uh, is, you know, look, uh, they, they played all right. Uh, Andrew Carp pitched really, really well. And, uh, you know, just you, you fell one hit and one run behind. Florida had four hits and one run. Florida State had three hits and none. Uh, you know, it's it's frustrating, but with that, therein kind of lies the rub. If you, if you want to be encouraged, I mean, look, man, Andrew Carp went up against a really good team defending national champion and, and pitched really, really well. I think if you'd gone into that game saying you'd hold Florida the, the four hits and one run, you probably would have liked your chances, but... Uh, you know, unfortunately, Florida's really good too, and and like we said defending champion. And the fact is, there's not a lot of teams beating them right now. They're, they're the number two team in the country, uh, have been you know one of the elite programs in college baseball for for several years. And you could probably make a case that, that this year's team uh, is better than the one that won the one that won the college World Series last year. So, and they're they're a tough group to beat. Should have done basketball. <laughs> Should have gone. Well, we'll go to basketball. They, we, you know, baseball has been neglected on this show because basketball has been making a run. I mean, if you you know tracks winning. ACC indoor championships. The tennis team is beating the number one team in the country. We got a lot going yeah. on. We got a lot to talk about. So let's move to basketball. CJ Walker is the latest news in this twenty uh, four hour news cycle. Were you surprised? Uh, just fill us in on his decision and where Florida State turns. Uh, I don't know exactly where they turn just yet. I, I will say that if I know Leonard Hamilton and that staff, they uh, not much catches them by surprise, and I don't think they sign off on much. And they did have to, you know, they did grant and approve the transfer. I don't know that they would have granted and approved it so easily and so quickly after the season uh, did they not at least have a plan in place. So obviously you need to find a, a backup point guard with uh, for, for Trent Forrest, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw M.J. Walker play that role a little bit more moving forward too. But you do have a, a spot on your roster for a guard, and uh, my guess is they'll probably go out and find one uh, And when the signing period starts uh, in a little while here. Uh, as for C.J., you know, it, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I certainly think he would have played um, next year. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's a, a – 34 game starter and uh, and got significant minutes, but uh, I you know I wonder it's hard, it's hard to you know to, to think too much about where his mind is, but uh, but you know seeing the way that, that Trent played at the end of uh, toward the end of the season and then how effective he was, uh, you got to think that, that he's going to be in line for for even more playing time and, and, and more action next year, and, and maybe that just was, was kind of enough to say hey you know this this guy's going to be the key part of their plan going forward. I don't know that for sure, but that's probably my best guess. All right. Any thoughts you want to share on the whole end game against Michigan, or or uh, Leonard's interview, or or just the run in general? Uh, man, the run in general. I mean, gosh, it's it's it, it's tough, right? Because on the one hand, you feel like you were in position to win that game and then go to the Final Four. On the other hand, holy smokes, you're you know you're you have a shot with your your best three point shooter a, a minute to go, less than a minute to go. You have a shot to tie the game and, and, and get a look at it, and it just didn't go in. I mean, sometimes that's a sport, right? Uh, you know, you, you take shots, you get open looks, and you, you want them to go in, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, it's really just a, a remarkable run for, for Florida State, one that, you know, I don't think it's too off base to say that we probably didn't see coming even a month ago. Um, but I think it's nothing but valuable for those guys. I mean, everybody on that team now, and then a bunch of them are coming back, uh, you know, know what it takes to get to the Elite Eight and knows that. And look, Michigan could win the national championship this weekend. I don't know that they're the favorite, but they certainly have an opportunity to, particularly with the type of defense they play. And now uh, you can go back, you know, Stan Jones, his assistant, he likes to, to refer to it as a reference point. So we have a reference point against elite competition. We have a reference point in the NCAA tournament. You know, they now have a reference point of, of what it's like to play on the, you know, one of the biggest stages in the sport against one of the best teams, best programs, most consistent programs. And they can point and say, hey, this team, not only this team, but this group of guys, by and large, this same group of guys is going to be here next year. Uh, it was not that far off. And so, uh, you know, if you keep uh, working and keep making improvement, I think they can enter next season with some pretty high expectations. Well, at the end of the day, and I realize the Duke-Kansas game was great, but Florida State made it as far as anybody else in the ACC this year, and nobody would have predicted that. So tip of the cap to, to Leonard and Stan and company and the effort from the players. All right, Tim, I think we're done. You got anything else we need to know that's on Seminoles.com? Anything else coming up that uh, we're, we've ignored so far? 
Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, again, a lot going on. Uh, busy week, busy time of year, and, and, and plenty of uh, football stuff on the on the website. Man, videos, written content, everything you want to know from out on the practice field. Uh, there's a lot to get to. You know what you need to do. You can make this happen because you are the man behind Seminoles. dot com, Tim. When okay. when we when we click on a page to read your story. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to come with a tune. I mean, there needs to be some music that blares as we read the story. That's not a bad idea. You yeah. got to pick it out for me. Well, no, no, it's your oh, page. That's your page. It's your page. Well, I mean, you got to pick fair. the song that fits the story. Come on, make this happen. <laughs> I'll see what I can work on. He's our Seminoles.com insider, and he doesn't want to play with that. All right, Tim, we'll talk to you next week. You got it, guys. Keith, you like the idea, though. I, I thought that well, was one of your better ideas. Yeah, so or maybe the only I'm good idea. I'm once again appealing to the older demographic that, that the uh, nobody cares about. I'm, I'm not capturing the youngers. All right, we'll step aside, come back with more on Front Row Knowles after this. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Teacher, leave them kids alone. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on the program and, you know, all this travel and you being away, Keith, it's forced us into a realization that we could change the format of the show. And normally that music means we have a minute left, but we've actually got about 10 or 11. We're going to cut this show from five segments to four segments. That means we're. Does our pay get cut? That's the main question we're interested in. No, because because <laughs> if you divide zero by five or by four, what do you get? Right. Uh, it still reminds me of my favorite pizza joke. Pizza comes, guy orders it, and he says, "Oh, by the way, how many pieces is that?" And they say, "We cut it into eight. And he says, "Well, cut it into six. I don't think I can eat eight. Ba boom boom. Keith Jones, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank the Earl Bacon Agency. I failed to uh, give them their proper due when we had Tim on like uh, last segment. And not only do they deserve their proper due here, but uh, I was at the Tally Awards on Saturday. Don't worry, I left in time to consume lots of things, including the FSU basketball game. But the Earl Bacon Agency... You visited a gift shop? I visited a gift shop, yes. The the, the, uh, the Earl Bacon Agency was honored. So, yes, so we so were. So congratulations. Yes, we, were. we appreciate their, uh, their patronage. Um... All right, we got a couple loose ends to tie up here. Let, let's continue the football conversation since we went uh, sort of all in there with Tim. You and I, you've been busy on the basketball beat. What is it that you want to see as the former football player, a team that went 7-6 and six last year, whole new era, a lot of excitement, but where does Florida State need to improve on the field? What do you want to see? The, the two things I want to see is what does this Gulf Coast offense actually look like in, in this sped-up or speeded-up fashion? Uh, because that was something that Jimbo resisted. He'd always say that we could go fast if we needed to, but then he'd never go fast. So what does that actually look like? Because those of us have been around for a while, unfortunately, remember the reverse side, which was our defense not being able to get people in and out properly or not being able to get lined up quick enough to combat those offenses that were running it against us. So what what does Florida State's offense look like when it is in a, 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 a faster fashion. And then Can secondly, I jump in real yes, quick? Sir, you may. I'm interested in seeing how the Florida State defense gets better at handling tempo simply because they're handling it in practice on a regular well, and basis. And that will help them. That yes. will help them. All right, point two for The KJ. second point is there's been talk, and I've not heard anyone say definitively, there is a schematic change on the defensive side. You know, they were debating whether to go to the 3-4 or the 4-3. We've seen uh, Willie Ame be changed from a down lineman to an outside defensive end type of play. I want to see what that looks like because in today's world, with everybody standing up, I really don't think there is a material difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3. I just want to see what it looks like when Florida State's running it because I think we've gotten into the era now where you're only going to have one – coaches talk all the time about he can play with his hand in the dirt well you're only going to have one or two players think, whose hands are in the dirt right anymore. but i don't either but wally's more moving to the big defensive end side for like i understand, term. He's I not understand. Moving to the, but but what does that look like yeah yeah no it, I, I agree it is different and it's it's going to be a more aggressive defense so i'm excited about yep, that very much so i'm interested in seeing if they truly utilize all the best parts regardless you know if you've got player x that can do y but can't do z well let's get him on the field and get him a chance to do y because he does it well i mean dj matthews has turned a lot of heads he was remarkable that i happened to be a practice the day that he had that 360 move and 
and how left about, defenders about, looking for their equipment. But I'm just saying, if you got a guy that you know maybe he's not the maybe he doesn't do this well, but he does that well, and he does it really well. Well, let's get him on the field and have him do that really well. How about was it Ira relaying the interview that he had with DJ, where he talked about early in the year, early in the 2017 season. He overheard DJ telling another Florida State player, I will be the primary punt returner. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ira. And then it never happened, it never happened, it never happened. And then the last two or three ball games of the year. Ira's like ubiquitous. Have you noticed that? Like anywhere you turn, like yeah. he's either speaking, you and see then, him, you're reading him. And then a follow up with DJ during spring ball within the last week. Well, well, why didn't you play much last year? And basically he said, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. Well, I hate that a lot of these conversations have come down to previous regime versus current regime because, again, whoever the previous regime was, just if you looked at the Bowden era, what Coach Tagger's doing is a lot different than the way Bobby did things. And obviously Bobby's been gone a while now. Uh, just the morning practice, the playing music, the up-tempo, those are all departures from what, what Bobby did. I mean, No question. You know, Bobby had practice on Monday night. And and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoon. That's the way it was forever because he subscribed to the theory that you needed more recovery time from the game on Saturday until you practiced on Monday. And then that changed. You know, some some folks practice on Sunday and take Monday off. So everybody has a little bit different philosophy on it. Um, it is clear that the players are having fun out there. Uh, now, fun does not equal wins, but fun, just think about your job. Is a lot better than no fun. Yeah, and maybe fun's not the right word you'd associate with your job, but if, if it's arduous and you dread going, that's different than at least if you can take it and stomach it and get there and you don't mind doing it. You've heard the age-old thing, I will not say it correctly, but if you're doing something you love, you never have to work a day in your life basketball let's put the wraps on this you traveled with the team for that remarkable run we don't need to go x's and o's here but what excites you about the future for leonard hamilton back to defense whether it's the true junkyard dog defense florida state is now back to playing defense on the basketball court and that defense is what leads to offense now against michigan michigan florida state had zero count them zero fast break points because Michigan didn't care about offensive rebounds. When that sh Michigan shot went up, they had five people going back the other way. Florida State was never able to get into transition, and that's the way it works for Leonard. You play defense, you get into transition, and then your half-court offense gets better. And what Michigan took away was Florida State's ability to score in a fast break. That'll be an issue that Leonard and his staff needs to address in the offseason and see if there's some other ways – pardon me, to make sure that they get into some form of transition, even even if it's a, what we well, call the secondary break, so that, that their flow and their rhythm, because they never got into a rhythm offensively because they were never able to run. I, I would suggest to me, and we're sort of saying the same thing, you're pointing out transition, which is right on, but in the half court, part of the reason, a big part of the reason Florida State struggled so much, they need guys that are more consistent outside shooters or can get their shot so if Trent Forrest can add an outside shot uh and and he can pull up from the top of the key from two feet beyond the arc and drill that shot well that changes how teams defend you if Terrence Mann would get the ball and and shoot if you watch Terrence shoot before the game or in practice he, it's not that he can't make a three he can make a lot of them he just doesn't attempt but, them. but it's like catch and shoot you pass it to him and he shoots in rhythm but in the game he gets it instead of doing that he dribbles between his legs goes behind his back jab steps and then passes it back if you get those guys to make outside shots that changes the way teams defend you because Michigan extended so far because the, and the other point is they didn't respect the post scorers enough they just extended out around the arc so we're not going to let these guys make shots and we saw at the start of the second half Kamaji they went to him three times in a row he made one out of three which is what FSU shot for the game. And, and the biggest thing that will help Florida State in the next season is Obiagu continuing to develop. We forget that he's only played two, two and a half years of organized basketball. He is a defensive force. He, By some accounts in those metrics they use, he was the fourth best defensive player in the country last year on however they measure plays and blocks and altered shots and things. He's got to develop some offense. He just hasn't played enough to do it. Kevin Gailey can do it. But but you you can't play him twenty eight minutes yet. He's still a youngster. Well, and I would say those two together, I think, can be very very valuable. Going back to the offensive side, though, Trent Forrest, it appears like he's nowhere near his ceiling. Kevin Gailey, as a redshirt freshman, far exceeded expectations. No if he question. continues to develop offensively, if Man gets a shot, and even if Man's shot is not a three point shot, 
I mean, Bacon used to shoot a lot of 18-footers, 16-footers. If man would consistently do that, it changes the way teams have to defend Florida State. I just think there's a, there's a lot to be excited about with what, with what Florida State brings back. And, and, I think and if other, you get Kofer back, that obviously is a bonus with what he did this and year. And the other guy that I think has a huge upside is MJ Walker. Uh, obviously, he's a McDonald's All-American. I think he hit that freshman wall about a month before the the tournament started and he just never got over it he'll be that much better after going through a full year of basketball no question shout out to the seminal sound by the way i'm really happy for david plack and all the folks there it's it's always interesting at acc tournament time all the acc media i follow they're they're as interested in the seminal sound as they are the florida state basketball team because they're far and away the best pep band at these games so i'm happy that they got to go to nashville they got to go to la uh i'm sorry they didn't get to go to san antonio and those kids put in a lot of time and a lot of work they miss a lot of class that they have to make up uh i mean they're a very dedicated group you mentioned one thing i I failed to mention about you know uh the pep band and how the how the media reacts i was astounded about the media reaction particularly in la to Florida State. Florida State's now back on the map from a basketball standpoint. Uh, They've been not paid attention to much for the last uh, six or seven years. Florida State's now back on the national map. I mean, I had extended conversations with Dan Bonner. Uh, He was telling me about things that Reggie was saying, which was the the broadcast crew for the L.A. games, Uh, the questions and who asked the questions in press conferences and the types of questions they asked. Um, Florida State basketball is back on the national forefront. Corey Clark pointed out, and he made me look it up because I was curious, but there's first and second round games in Jacksonville next year. So if Ooh, FSU did does, not know that, did not know that. Two years from now, there are first and second round games in Tampa. Then Florida's off the map for a little while. But the point is, the next two years, if FSU does what it could do, should do during the regular season, they won't have to leave the state. I like that. For the first and second round. Because, as I mentioned, I was gone for 15 days in the month of March, and I'm tired. Understand. He's Keith. And he's Tom. He needs to go take a nap, but we will do this again next week. Lord willing, we'll talk to you then on Front Row Knowles. 